Transforming Emotional Intelligence into Emotional Mastery, The Personal Power Hour, Episode 5. Emotions at the core of how we experience life. Regardless of what we think or understand, often the way in which we feel will have the greater influence over how we act. This is how EQ, Emotional Quotient, has become such an important subject in recent years for understanding how people behave through their emotions. But what if you could take that beyond understanding? What if you could truly take control of your own emotions without spending years on developing deep understanding, or if you could raise your EQ to the level of your IQ simply by using what you already know? In this episode, we'll be exploring why emotions are both our greatest curse and our greatest blessing, how to use our emotions to inform our actions, and the incredible power that exists in our emotions and how to draw from that power. Join me as we create a paradigm shift from the conventional understanding of the effect of our emotions into mastery over the most important aspect of the human experience in order to increase your personal power. This episode is sponsored by MTN Press. MTN Press is the publishing house behind niche publications like Rich Human, Sovereign and the Quantum of Light magazines, all British brands with a global reach. They deliver the good news straight to the desk of decision makers, the CEOs, presidents, CFOs, consultants, investors, influencers, bankers, PR agencies, heads of global operations to name just a few. They also offer specialized support through a range of bespoke services, tools, and systems to help publishers like you grow both their presence and business. Whether you are running a blog, a niche magazine, or thinking to start one, their expert knowledge in the world of publishing can give you the tools and the expertise and the confidence you need to succeed. Check them out at mtnpress.co.uk or Follow the link in the episode description. Welcome to the Personal Power Hour. Uh, this is the Personal Power Hour, as sponsored by Rich Woman Magazine, as part of MTM Press. And we're here with Dr. Marina. You're here in the right place if you are a potential world changer, or or perhaps you aspire to be. Uh, you're also in the right place if you have a deep-seated inner desire to create more of a difference and more of an impact in what you do. And, and particularly if you want, if you think about, or even sometimes are left awake at night thinking about your legacy, you know, what are you going to leave behind in the world once you're gone? So you're also in the right place if you just want to become more effective in what you do on a day-to-day basis. If you are here listening to me right now, you've come through Rich Woman magazine, so therefore you're going to be an individual who desires to make a positive, useful contribution to the world. So the more power to you, the better. So this is what this podcast is all about. So the Personal Power Hour is all about helping you to become the most powerful version of yourself. Because at the end of the day, your potential is that part of you that's inside there. Otherwise, we wouldn't call it your potential. You know, we wouldn't call it what you could be. We just call it your, your never will be, which isn't true. So this is all about being able to tap into that potential in a practical, in an actionable way. Because that's the other really important thing about this particular podcast. We could spend a long time talking about different philosophies, talking about uh, talking about ideas and all that, which is great, really useful stuff. However, 
it's only when the rubber meets the road that we start getting somewhere. So you know, this so this session is all about helping you to be able to do more with less effort, uh, helping you to have more energy to do the things you really need to be doing, and for you to be able to get more bang for your buck, and ultimately leading to real world action. And we're going to achieve that by helping you create more clarity for yourself, to get a greater sense of direction, and to reduce the distractions so that you can focus more on what you really want. So today's personal power hour is episode five, and it's called Transforming Emotional Intelligence into Emotional Mastery. My name's Wai Chung. I'm the creator of the Reaction Code, and I'm the founder of transformyourworklife.com. I work with professionals and executives who have outgrown their careers to the point where they realize that they need something more. You, know, you, you want something that's more meaningful. You want something that makes you jump out of bed in the morning to think, yes, this is another day. I'm on to make, do something great. And what I do is I help them to leverage all of their experience, their skills, their abilities, so that they can be out there every day making a meaningful difference for the rest of their working life and beyond. Now, this is the, the fifth in our series. So there's, so far, we've spoken about the importance of having personal power and how it wasn't just purely about having the ability to force or or influence things, it's actually even more so about being the most powerful version of you. And we talked about how to align with your true purpose in episode two, which was all about f techniques and ways in which you can find your purpose. And because it's already in there, as I just mentioned, your potential was always your potential. But wouldn't it be great to be able to just peek in there or open the door a little bit and allow that to uh, poke its head out? And and then session th uh, three, we talked about the greatest lie about the work-life balance, how in fact it is not work-life balance at all. I'm not going to give the game away. I'll let you go and find the episode and have a listen for yourselves. And then last session, we talked about how to end overwhelm. And today we're talking about transforming emotional intelligence into emotional mastery. There is a whole path here, which is all about starting you off from a place where we're looking at practical things and and then integrating those into your everyday practice so that you become the more powerful version of you because that powerful version of you is always there they're all they've always been inside and you sometimes when you're in the zone when everything feels like it's working perfectly and everything yeah it's when you're like a passenger and you're on the most wonderful journey even though it might be one of the most difficult things you've done ever you're just sailing along i can't believe this is so easy this is incredible. That's when you know you've tapped into that version of yourself. And all I'm proposing here is that we do a few things, we tweak a few things, we adjust a few approaches so that you can have that version of yourself more of the time. It's as simple as that. You are, this is what I tell a lot of my clients, we start off at the very beginning with me saying to them, I'm going to treat you as if you're already powerful. Because you are. The only thing is, it's just stuff that's in the way. Stuff that's blocking the way and stuff that's getting in the way of you accessing that power. So this, this podcast I put together in order to help you with two main areas that are necessary to, shall we say, 
develop, overcome, work with, whatever terminology you're more comfortable with. But there's two main distinct areas that we need to work on in order to increase that personal power. And we need to work on these two areas in tandem together. Because if we only have one, then it'll be like hopping, it'll be like going out with one shoe on. Yeah. It, it could be the most beautiful, amazing shoe. It could be a designer shoe. It could be the most perfect shoe. But if you've only got one on, it's still, you're still not going to walk very well. These two, I've never referred to these aspects of shoes before. But anyway, <laughs> these two prongs to the, the fork, these two important aspects. One is all about purpose and your alignment with that purpose, both internally within your own head and heart and externally about the outcomes, goals, and how the current you operates in your environment. And then the second part to that, the second shoe, if you like, is the personal effectiveness, how you can increase your energy and reduce the amount of things that drain your energy, how you can increase your focus and reduce the things that distract you and take your energy off in a wasteful manner, and also how you can maintain your momentum. As I said, with both of those things on, you can then move forward into a space where you can get results which will allow you to have more, have more inspiration, be more creative, come up with new perspectives, and then ultimately take action. And the key overall aspects to the podcast that I have in the background are about practicality, increasing awareness, and increasing resonance. In terms of what's in this for you, it's about getting distilled guidance from the experience that I've had of over 15 years in corporate training and then over a decade in transformational coaching. I've worked with hundreds of people up to this point and every single person has got, shall we say, development opportunities around the areas of emotions, mainly because we're not taught very well about emotions. We're taught extremely well how to use our minds. We're taught how to read, write, science, art. Well, art actually starts delving into more an emotional area, but we're still, again, not taught what to do with it. And most of the time, I, 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 my, my experience with emotions. Now, I come from a Chinese background. My parents came from Hong Kong. My father came over in the 60s. Uh, late 60s he remembers when he got off the literally got off the boat and the Beatles were playing because they landed in Liverpool and he lived in Liverpool for quite a few years before he moved moved on to other areas and of course they weren't particularly highly educated my father came from a, a a poor fishing village and I'm not saying all fishing villages are poor his was it was a tiny little island on the border of China, between China and Hong Kong. And there's an area where they probably spent more time looking for people who were trying to sneak across the border into Hong Kong rather than you know, doing anything else. You know, that's what the, the government around there was spending most of their time on. They had limited knowledge and limited education. And as a result, you know, when it came to emotional upsets and overwhelms, the the lesson was be quiet, go away, sort yourself out, uh, shut up, you're embarrassing us. And I don't think you need to uh, even need to have parents from another country who don't necessarily speak the language here and who haven't had a highly educated background to experience the same thing, because this is this has been the general approach 
train the mind and and avoid the emotions because that's something we can't handle that's something we might just be able to understand there's nothing much we can really do about that and what i want to show you today is that is completely and utterly incorrect and what i want to do is also to give you very clear actionable tasks that are practical that you can pick up and get on with as soon as you leave the school so I spoke a little bit about the schedule of what we've been, what we've been doing on this podcast. Um, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the ones following. So you get an idea of where this, this session today sits in the grand scheme of things. So we're talking today about transforming emotional intelligence into emotional mastery. Following that, next session, number six, we're talking about tapping into the power of those emotions and actually using that power for your own, own purposes. Then we'll talk about converting energy drainers into energy gainers. I know, slightly corny. And then we talk, but it's true. Then number eight, we'll talk about generating movement and maintaining your momentum. Number nine, how to tap into and use your deep inner confidence. That's that version of you that I was talking about earlier on, who's still sitting in there. And all they need is for someone to open the door or open the window crack to let them through. Number 10, we're looking about uh, heart and head alignment. We'll be talking a little bit about that today, but in session 10, we'll be going more specifically into that. And that's for incredible creativity. And number 11, we're talking about head and heart alignment for inspired action. You know, why misalignment derails your best laid plans and how to change that. Number 12, we're talking about resonating fully with your environment so you can thrive in any situation. And then number 13, we're talking about understanding what you really, really want deep down underneath. Not the surface stuff that you think you want, not the stuff that where you sit around, you sit down, you have a good hard think and you start having a few realizations, but the really, really deep core principle stuff that you may not actually have in your conscious mind, but you definitely do have in your subconscious mind. And we're going to be delving into that. And that's in session 13. So as you can see, there's, there's a common theme with a path all the way through about how to reduce the amount of friction that you have inside, reduce the inner conflict so that you'll be more aligned with the way you think, the way you feel, which will lead to congruent action when it's time to move, when it's time to look at your actions and your behavior. With all that stuff out of the way, I'd like to now talk a little bit more about emotions. So emotions are something that we can't avoid. We are human. We have them. And if anything, most of our life experience probably comes through emotion. Emotion can be both our greatest blessing and equally, as humans, our greatest curse. Let, let's, start with the, let's start with the good news. You know, someone asked, do you want the good news or the bad news? I, I usually start, oh, let's have the good news. The good news about emotions is it gives us information really, really quickly, really fast. And a large amount of it, so much information that our logical conscious mind would not be able to process all of it. And I just want to give you uh, just an example of this. Through our emotions, we can get a multifaceted understanding of something from lots of different angles, lots of different views. So, for instance, if we take the example of love as an emotion. If you're going to try and understand love as more of a philosophy as, or as a thought form, it you'd have to read all the books. You'd have to 
listen to all the music, read all the poetry, watch all the films and look at all the artwork, all that kind of stuff. And if you were to pile all of that up, it would go to the moon and back. That's the amount of data you would need. And you still wouldn't quite get it. But when it comes to emotions, if you just look in the eyes of your child, like one or or maybe when when you've just put them to sleep and they say goodnight and they turn around and they snuggle into the, the duvet and you stand there and you just watch them for a moment, you think, wow, that's amazing. I love this child so much right now. This, you know, they can't, I can't describe it, but I can feel it. All of that information, all of that stuff was stack up to the moon and back. I feel that in an instant. That's here right now. And that's what emotions can do for us. And when it comes to anger, yeah, whether it's whether it's useful or not at the time, that's something that immediately shows you, hey, there's something you need to be aware of here that you either need to fight or run away from. You know, there's fear and anger, all those kinds of emotions. That's instant. And for, I don't think I can speak for all animals. Because well, I can I can because they're not going to speak up in their own defence. Not unless they found somebody who can actually communicate with them. I know a few of those people, but that's another conversation for another day. But for instance, if you imagine the the watering hole in the say pick an African savanna. Now all the animals around the watering hole and they're all drinking. And they're doing what they do every day. They're, they're all around. You know, this is most of the regular animals. They're right next to each other. You know, zebra next to the antelope, next to the crocodile even, just drinking the water. Then suddenly the lions come onto the scene. Instant emotion. Fear. Get out of here. Everyone bolts and runs. Because right? if, if you thought about it, if it wasn't run by emotion and giving you that instant response and instant action, instant understanding of, that your life is in danger now, get moving, get out of here now. If you're walking on thinking, oh, the lions are on the scene. Hmm, maybe I should start moving away from this watering hole. How about I go this way? No, maybe I'll go that way. Oh, it's me. They've got me. If you, haven't, if you were trying to think about it, this is why the emotions send us all of that information in, in an instant. And we can make a decision and take action and move. Now, the lions have got the slowest wildebeest. They've, they've gone off with the body. They're happy now. They're fed for the day. Everybody else comes back to the watering hole. Apart from the human being who's still shivering, cowering over in, in the bushes, wondering, oh, no, that was so close. What if they get me? Maybe they'll get me tomorrow. Oh, no, what's going to happen if they get me tomorrow? I'll, I'll be chewed up and eaten, and they'll hurt so much, and it'll be so terrible. And uh. Whereas everyone else has let go of that emotion. They go, okay, well, I needed that emotion for that moment in time. Thing is done. We're going back to what we normally do. We are special. I Again, you know, there may be some animals that are, are quite special like us. This is just as a, as a general example. Uh, those of you who own dogs or horses and, and even pigs, you know, you know that uh, yes, those animals also can be very uh, emotional as well. But with a human, because we can project into the future, we can think about the, bring it to the past, we end up having this whole conflict going on inside ourselves. 
Yeah, it, it, the, the emotions that we can carry because we can carry them, because we keep them with us. And because when we think about something, we can s- strike up that emotion again. You know, for most of those animals at the watering hole, they're probably not going to feel that emotion again until they're either under threat because it's a, it's a, a fight against another mate or if the lions come back to the scene again. Apart from that, they just get on with their business. The human, however, can think about the past and think forward into the future. So we, we are still sitting there scared that this thing could happen to us. And what if it happened to us? And then we generate loads and loads and loads of horror scenarios in our minds. Because that's the beauty of our imagination and our creativity. But not when it's being run by our emotions. Not when it's being triggered and overwhelmed and overrun by our emotions. Because when that happens, the, we get a big problem. That's when we get all the inner conflict. That's when we get, even if you know better in your head, the emotions can override that. This is where we start having the, the heart and the mind pulling and pushing and twisting against each other. And that reduces a lot of energy because that takes a lot of energy to deal with that. And then even more energy later on to put a lid on it to be able to get on with your everyday work. And you know full well that that thing's still rattling there under the lid and any second is going to pop back up again. Having that inner conflict from all the emotional overwhelm means that we're going to reduce our progress in anything we do. Everything that we do takes a lot longer where we're in that space. And it reduces our overall power, our ability to affect change. One of my, actually, this, this lady wasn't one of my coaches. Unfortunately, I didn't have the honor to work with her directly as a coach. She was part of the coaching team that I was uh, that I was studying under. Well, her name was Denise. Still is Denise, but it was Denise. Yeah, her name's Denise. And she used to have this wonderful saying. And she would and this just goes to show the difference between our minds and our emotions. She would say that she knows something is wrong when she knows that she's smarter than the experience that she's having. She's effectively saying that, how come I'm a clever person, I'm a smart person, but I'm having a really stupid experience right now. I should know better. This should not be happening to me. So if you've experienced something like that, where you know full well it should go another way, yet here you are again doing the stupid thing or having the stupid thing happen to you, then that's where you know you're in a position whereby it isn't your mind that's in charge anymore. So everyone here has parents. You have a parent. Maybe they're still around. Maybe they're not. But you probably still recall the times when you were thinking to yourself, why are they treating me like I'm still 14 years old? I'm a full-grown man. I'm a full-grown woman. I know what the hell I'm doing now. Come on. And no, no, no. They'll still talk to you like you were their child. And you know in your mind, this is how they are. This is what they do. They mean well. They're not trying to annoy me or deliberately mess with my head most of the time. They're they're just being themselves. And I understand that they're being that way. And I I get it. Yet underneath, when you've been told for the last time again, did you remember your keys? Of course I remember my keys. I don't even live here, mom. (laughs) That's, That's when the emotion has overtaken us. And even if you know that that's going to happen, 
if you go into a situation that you have the emotional intelligence to be able to understand, look, my mom's going to say this. I'm going to react that way. So therefore, I'm going to look out for it and I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. Again, plan from the mind, the smart person. But when it comes to it, when she says those triggered words and whatever else that does it, even if you're smiling sweetly through gritted teeth, you can still feel it going on inside. You are still having a stupid experience despite being smart. So this is the, the way in which most of us have been living with emotions and dealing with and avoiding and suppressing and managing. So there's, there's a huge difference between emotional intelligence and emotional mastery. Emotional mastery is something that I learned from one of my great teachers, a gentleman called Tom Stone. And it really is, well, tell you what, let me just talk about a little bit about the difference between emotional intelligence and what I'm about to propose here. Emotional intelligence is understanding how you react, how you respond, and how others will react in kind, or maybe understanding how others might be saying something in a certain way or behaving in a certain way, because you know it's their emotions that are driving, that's driving that, which is great. Again, you, you understand it, you get it, and you get how you respond, and you understand your own responses to that. But that's just stuff that's happening in the head. That's just you understanding, that's you building up the strategy, that's you looking at it and thinking about it and knowing it from the mind. But as already mentioned earlier on, you know full well that your mind is not necessarily the boss, because if it was, you wouldn't have any problems now. You would have thought your way through all the problems. You know most of the solutions to the problems you have in your life, yet you haven't quite got there yet. Why is that? It's because your mind isn't the one necessarily doing the driving. Your mind might well think it's behind the steering wheel, but it's a bit like um, a good analogy for this is, is an iceberg. So we see the, the iceberg as it pokes out of the water in the Arctic Ocean, say, and the iceberg's moving along. But the iceberg is actually being supported by this huge amount of ice that's under the water. I mean, if you think about something that's the size of a small country floating on water, that's incredible, isn't it? But can you imagine how much, how much iceberg is under the water? Well, that amount of iceberg that's under the water is really what's steering, is really what's going choosing direction, or apart from ocean currents. But the ocean currents are working with that large part of the iceberg underneath and taking it in the directions that it's taking it in. So the part of the iceberg that's above the water that thinks it's in charge goes, right, we're going to go left. Lo and behold, the whole iceberg swings right. This is over the span of thousands of millions of years. But uh, it turns a different direction. And that's the same with us. We think with our minds. We think that we're in charge, yet often something else steers us in another direction. And quite often that is in the area of our emotions. 
So understanding it is useful and it's great. And it's, it's something that we do need to do. I'm not saying that it, don't use emotional intelligence. Of course, be emotionally intelligent. Appreciate and understand the way in which you operate and, which, and the way that you function and in turn how somebody else functions so that you can understand the interaction between both of your uh, emotional functions in order to plan a good strategy. However, the strategy may not necessarily come to pass because of your own emotional patterns that can overwhelm, that can override the thought process. So this is where we get to emotional mastery. Emotional mastery is really about not just understanding and knowing in the head, but actually getting good at sensing what's going on inside yourself and knowing what to do about that. I kind of liken it to, um, let me think of, uh, I had a great example there a moment, I just lost it for now. Um, yeah, okay. So sensing yourself, the emotional mastery part is more about feeling and sensing your feelings, sensing where they are, sensing the information that your body's giving you without jumping to the mind to understand, at least not initially. It's also about sensing the reactions that you have and then being able to work with those reactions without judging. And also about that, just emotional mastery is also about creating that, that sense of presence where you can actually just feel and sense the emotions that are coming through and, and interact with them and be there in the, that moment. Emotional mastery is a little bit difficult to explain because, of course, we're explaining through the mind. I'm talking through my intellect to your intellect. So the best way of working with this is really just to practice, is to do something practical. And that example I had before will eventually come back to me in the meantime. You can hear part of me trying to going off out there somewhere trying to find it. It's a really good example too. Done it. Anyway, okay, so I would like you to Yeah, let's do something practical. Let's do an exercise here. Um but before we do, I just want to talk about how the no, actually, no, no, no. Let's just get straight into it, and then I'll, uh, then we'll debrief and talk about it later. Okay, what I'd like you to do is in order to start developing your emotional mastery, first of all, you need to be able to interact with your, uh, with your emotions without the thinking, without thinking about them. And the only way you're going to be able to do that, now initially you will, obviously we cannot separate uh, our thoughts from our feelings and our minds. You know, that, uh, what I'm talking about is turning your more of your awareness, more of your attention away from the uh, thinking. And part of the reason for this is when you have an emotional upset, like you get angry about something. If I actually do that for now, think about something that you're angry about. It doesn't matter if it's a current thing it doesn't matter if it's something that's going to happen in the future you know it's going to happen and it's going to completely pee you off or something that happened in the past here's the first here's the first part of our emotional mastery these are your emotional patterns 
you carry them around with you everywhere. In some cases, this would be what people might term as your emotional baggage. You know, you're dragging this, this case around with you all the time. And when you get on the plane, you could be darn sure you're going to have to pay that extra fee for the baggage because of the weight of the darn thing. So this is your, let's call it emotional baggage for now. Bad news, you carry it around with you everywhere in all areas of your interactions with everyone else. That's why at any point, something could get triggered and something could fire up. It wasn't that you, you packed in some, uh, that day, before you left your house, you packed some anger, and I think I'll pack some lack of confidence, and maybe I'll pack a little bit of self-doubt, and um, ooh, ooh, what do I need? Ooh, 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 judgment against this particular group of people. Yeah, I'm going to pack those ones, and I'm going to leave the house with those. No, you take the whole darn lot. You take everything. As you know, it can catch you completely off guard when you least expect it to. You have an emotional overwhelm about something like, what? where'd that come from? That person only said that thing to me, and yet I nearly took their head off. Or that person said something to me, and I didn't take their head off, and now I'm feeling really frustrated and angry that I didn't. So bad news, we're carrying this stuff around with us all the time. Good news, you're carrying this stuff around with you all the time which means you can access it anytime you want to. And this is a great thing. This is a really useful thing because you don't then want to be thinking to yourself, oh, I've just run into this situation. This emotional pattern happened. I can't work with it because I didn't pack it in my bag with me this morning. That was one of the ones I left behind. I forgot to bring, um, I forgot to bring disappointment about how my life has turned out so far. Darn it, I'm gonna have to go home and get that one. No, you have it with you all the time, which means you can get at these things all the time when these things happen in your everyday life. So, again, coming back to something you're angry about, think about something that you're angry about. It doesn't need to be massive. It doesn't need to be all consuming. But think about it for a moment and just notice where you can feel that reaction. And this is the important part. Your first port of call here for emotional mastery is the first question is where, not why, not who, not how, not when, but where. Where do you feel that? And notice where you feel it. Now, is it uh, tension around your head? Is it pressure on your shoulders? Does it feel like a twisting in your gut? Does it feel like you just want to ball up your fists and punch the wall? Does it feel like temperature or heat rising through your body? Notice where you feel it. And this is the first step in using your body as an extremely useful um, language tool almost for being able to work with emotions without having to go to the mind. Because that's, that's useful for understanding, but not necessarily for working with the actual patterns themselves. Now, this thing that you're angry about, how long ago does this happen? Or what, think a little bit about the details, just a tiny bit. You know, who's involved? Whose fault is it? Is it your fault? Is it their fault? Is this something that should have been resolved a long time ago for whatever reason? for whoever's failures hasn't happened yet. As you do that, start noticing how you're feeling your reactions, how you're feeling the emotions. As you think about each 
different aspect of that. Notice what else is showing up. Is there another pattern coming up? Do you now feel, along with that pressure against the chest and the heat, the heat rising up in your face, do you now feel a, 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 a tension in the back of the neck? Or do you, can you actually feel the muscles in your body tightening a little bit? And now have a think about what if that, that problem were to never be resolved? What if that thing that you're angry about never gets fixed and it's always going to stay that way or even get worse? And notice how that's feeling. And then just pay attention just purely to what your body is showing you. Forget about the, the example now and, the, and where it is and who and all that kind of stuff. Just notice the reactions or responses you're getting from your body. This is information. This is information that your body is showing you, your awareness is putting in front of you, that your subconscious is bringing to your attention, or that your, your deeper consciousness is bringing out for you to notice. Just notice and pay attention to where you feel those things. Notice how you feel them. Are they... You know, is, does it feel like more pressure? Is it spinning? Is it turning? Is it twisting? Does it, uh, just be curious. Just notice what it is that you're noticing about it and be open to notice whatever. But the important thing is turn your attention away from why, who, how, when and more to the where and what am I noticing. What am I sensing? And notice what happens as you put attention to those areas, as you put attention to that, that twisting in the gut, as you put attention to that pressure on the shoulder. Now, whatever you do, do not start attaching it back to the story. Don't start thinking again about, oh, what it was that caused this feeling. Just purely pay attention to the feeling. You're not allowed to place any labels on it. You're just going to notice where it is you feel that and what kind of sensation it is. Just be really curious. That's interesting. I'm feeling a, a strange kind of tension in my left elbow. Or now that, I, now that I notice as I'm sitting down here, I'm finding that, oh, yeah, the, the muscle in the sort of groin area to the right, going into my right thigh, that part is a little bit more tense than the left side. Huh. That's interesting. And just keep doing that. Just keep paying attention and noticing where the location is and what kind of sensation. If you get any imagery coming up in your mind, if you get any visualizations, just go with that. Be okay with it. It doesn't have to link back to the story. If I remember, you're not allowed to use the story for the moment. Leave that aside. And then now notice how you feel in general, overall. Now, what typically happens, and again, this does vary a bit depending on how big a subject you picked. Every time I ask, not every time I ask people, but there are times when I ask people and they go and pick the biggest, hugest, most nasty thing. And they're, they're still seething afterwards because they haven't quite <laughs> worked through. They haven't quite been able to get themselves away from the story or the labels of what it was. But on a whole, what you should start noticing is that you feel a little bit different about the subject. 
we haven't gone into great depth about actually clearing the patterns yet. Today, all I want you to do is notice that there is another aspect to those emotions, an aspect that you may well have ignored all this time or tried to suppress or tried to avoid even. That, that's, that thumping in my heart that I feel when I think about this thing. I don't like that. I don't want to do, have that. So I'm just going to ignore it or I'm just going to try and stop it from happening. But actually, that is really useful information being brought to you from your body about where this pattern exists, where your body's holding this pattern. You know, from a traditional Chinese perspective, medicine perspective, they'd be talking about which particular branch of the meridian is holding that, uh, holding that energy or is, or is having that energy trapped in that area. And that's where the flow is being disrupted. Or from an Ayurvedic perspective, that, that's the particular chakra point that is, that is lighting up, that is being disrupted by this, this emotion, this pattern. So all you're doing is you're just paying attention and noticing it. And what will happen is the more often you do this, the more you actually, even if you just take 5% of your attention, aside from thinking about the problem and, and understanding it, just take out 5 10% aside to just notice how you're feeling it and what kind of sensation you're feeling. And I will guarantee you that those emotional patterns, emotional overwhelms and patterns you have will start reducing in intensity and in severity. And the reason for that is because perhaps even for the first time, you're actually turning all that power of your awareness or, or a piece of the power of your awareness towards communicating with that pattern. Because all this time we've been ignoring them. We've just been going into our minds and just thinking about why we're angry, why we're sad, why we're upset, why we're afraid. Instead of actually communicating directly with, uh, with the fear itself, the fear pattern within us or the anger pattern within ourselves. So by turning some of your, uh, even if it's a small percentage of your awareness, of your attention towards that, you're then allowing yourself to start resolving that emotional pattern rather than just thinking and understanding it and then parking it and locking it away somewhere in a place where it's eventually going to burst back out of again. And you know it, you can feel it. Even, even if you do your best work to put the thing away, you know full well it's coming back at some point. What I'm going to be teaching you in the following, in the following sessions of this podcast is how to work with that, those patterns to the point where you not only process them well, you also in communicate directly and interact with them, but you also dispel, you break apart, you dissipate the pattern as it stands at the moment because you created it yourself in the first place. Your own awareness created it to protect you. So you can actually use those same tools that you use to create those patterns to be able to complete those patterns. This isn't about destroying, defeating, removing, clearing all those things, even if I use that terminology, I don't actually mean it. What we're actually looking for here is a space whereby you use the same tools that created these patterns in the first place to come out at the other side with a win-win for both. That pattern has spent all this time working so hard to protect you. You have been using up so much energy trying to suppress and avoid that pattern. So the win-win becomes where that pattern completes its work and the energy that you're using to suppress and uh, avoid that pattern goes back into your pot and the energy of that pattern in terms of what was keeping it 
in shape, keeping it with that story, that also goes back into your pot. So that's how you end up getting more energy. So it, you know, it's quite straightforward when you when I say it like that. And one of the strong, strong clues that I have that humans were meant to be doing this, that at some point along the way, we accidentally got confused about what we should be doing with this stuff. And we ended up thinking about emotions instead of feeling into them and working with them from a feeling perspective. It's Here's the, the analogy I had now. It's finally come back to me. It's like sending what we've been doing all this time is we've been sending a piece of artwork up to the accounts department and expecting the accounts department to come up with uh, the most wonderful piece. You, know, you have a piece of marketing, maybe. You send it to the accounts department and go, right, you lot deal with this. The accounts department go, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. We deal with thinking about stuff. We deal with organizing things and structuring things and building up a, 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 a and yeah, adding lists together and working out what's dangerous and what we should do to avoid getting into trouble with inland revenue. Why are we getting this? Well, I've ordered you and you're going to do it. So the mind tries to work with the emotions, but it's the wrong department. All the emotional stuff or the artwork should have been sent to the heart. That's the department that deals with these sorts of things. And that's what we're, uh, we're starting to move towards here. Because we have spent as a as a society, and I think this is cross-cultural. I don't think I've encountered so far, and people can correct me on this, I don't think I've encountered any, any culture so far that isn't equally doing this, even Eastern cultures. You know, we're supposed, to be, we're supposed to be more spiritual. We're supposed to have greater understanding of these things. But if you talk to anyone from a, an Asian either South Asian or Chinese or Indian sort of background, they'll tell you emotions are suppressed even more so in those other areas on a whole in general. You know, you're not even allowed to tell people you're not feeling well. If you're feeling a bit depressed or feeling a bit down, don't tell anybody because if the neighbors were to hear about that, your family would lose face. If you tell somebody that you're not feeling good at the moment, instead of bouncing around and saying, yeah, I'm wonderful, I'm the best, then you're going to lose some status. And in, in Eastern cultures, predominantly, you've got a system whereby it's all about public perception. That's the, that's the way in which the, the society, um, shall we say, um, manages or polices itself. In Western society, it's built more on personal guilt. So if you do something really bad, you're going to go to the fiery place. So fix it. Whereas in Eastern societies, on Morbi, you do something really bad, everyone hears about it, and they're all gonna, uh, they're all gonna look at you differently for it. So anyway, the the main thing is what we've been doing all this time is we have been sending the emotions to an area, the mind, which doesn't deal with those things particularly well because it's not set up to deal with it. The emotions, the feelings, they happen in your body, they happen in your heart, they happen through. Yeah, through your senses, you experience emotions. You don't necessarily, th you can think about emotions, just understanding them and breaking them down and putting it into lists and categories, but you don't feel it. So what we're going to be moving into here is training to use more of 
that heart and the body in order to be able to feel and sense emotions and then how we can actually or how and what we can actually do to change those reaction patterns. And there are many two types, by the way, two types of emotional patterns that you'll feel. One type you'll feel that's deep inside you, like the sharp stab in the head, the lump in the throat, the, the sharp feeling of pain in the heart or the sternum or the twist in the gut in, deep inside. And there's a second type. That's what we call the internal reactions in the reaction code. The other type are the ones where you feel a pressure. I can feel tightening around my head. I can feel something tightening around my throat, making it hard to speak. I can feel a pressure in my chest, making it feel like it's a bit harder to breathe, or I just feel like there's a pressure all around, or the weight coming down on my shoulders, or you know, or instead of that twist in the gut, I sort of feel like there's there's something sort of pushing against me. So there are only two different, two main different types, and there are two techniques that we use to to deal with those. But we'll cover those next time, because next time what we'll be looking at is the true power that exists in emotions, and then how to actually reclaim that power for yourself. Remember, you created those patterns in the first place for protection, for a very good reason. It's just that those emotional reactions are now out of date. They were, they might've been useful for the seven-year-old you or the three-year-old you or the you that was uh, so helpless and powerless at that time when you were bullied or when you were mistreated. You're not that same person now, yet you're still reacting like the seven-year-old you or the older version of you. No, sorry, the younger version of you who was less resourceful, less powerful, less able. So these things are all Whenever we have negative emotions, negative emotional reactions, it's because we have, we're now running into something that is old and out of date, but was absolutely necessary for our protection at one point. It's just we don't need it now. And we can, re, we can get back the energy from that. The energy that it takes to maintain that pattern, the energy it takes to suppress it, the energy it takes to manage it, and the energy it takes to avoid it. And once again, when I'm talking energy, depending on which end of the scale you are on, you might be on the, the purely scientific, purely medical, purely logical side of scale, all the way across to the magical unicorns and fairy spirits side of the scale. Whichever side of the scale you're on, it doesn't matter. It's just labels. When we talk about energy, it's the thing that you can feel. That stuff that takes up energy, that, that bit when you spend so much time being angry that at the end of it all, you just feel run down. And these things are actually going on inside us all the time. Just because you don't notice it doesn't mean it isn't happening. And just because the volcano is not blowing its top right now, it doesn't mean the lava is not flowing underground. It is. And that's the same with emotions. So just to round off uh, what we've been talking about today. So we talked about emotions being a great blessing, bringing us lots of information really quickly, really fast, giving us that, all that information in a way we can instantly respond with it, using love as an example. And then we have how emotions can actually be a curse. It can cause a lot of inner conflict. It can cause us to fight with our hearts and mind because our mind knows one thing and our heart knows something else. And we end up being a smart person having stupid experiences. 
And then the difference about emotional intelligence and emotional mastery. Intelligence is to understand, to know, to think about. Whereas a mastery is then to actually use the areas that, that feel the emotion in order to be able to process that emotion. And how if you just spend a little bit more time, 5, 10, 15% of your attention on where you're feeling the thing and how you're feeling the emotional overwhelm, rather than what it's about, who's involved, why it's happening, all that, all the thinking stuff, all the story stuff, you will start communicating more directly with those patterns and that will allow your own internal processes to start disassembling them. Now, I do this kind of work sometimes with children. I don't do it as a, in terms of as a business with children, but where it comes up, you know, where there's examples uh, where that's needed or where I'm teaching in an area where there are young people. They pick the stuff up immediately. They get it immediately. They don't need much more theory. They don't need much more explanation or any more philosophy. They get it. Oh, I feel it like this. Also, I should just notice how I'm feeling like that. And then I. Okay, thank you. Bye. I'm off. That's how the. That's how I know that we were supposed to be doing this. That's the clue. If kids can pick it up straight away, that's because they haven't been conditioned into not doing this like we have. So the thing I want to leave you with today is some homework, some action. Now, I'd just like you to think of it this way. One of my favorite philosophers, he, again, someone from Hong Kong, his name is Lei Siu Long. And he said, one of his famous quotes is, don't think, feel. And it's a great analogy for uh, for not using your mind so much, just Use your other senses. Bring your other senses into play. Don't just rely on one thing. Okay? So don't think, feel. So notice when you're having an emotional overwhelm, emotional reaction, and just pay attention, a little bit of attention to where you feel it. And get more accustomed to doing that more often, and you will find that you will have more control over your emotions. And that's not because you understand it more. It's because you've now started to step into more emotional mastery. You've stepped into using the areas of yourself that deal more directly with emotions. The art department is now dealing with the artwork rather than the accounts department. Okay. So if you have any questions, any feedback from what we've been talking about today, then please do feel free to get in contact with me. You can get in contact with me via Instagram or LinkedIn. And the address is transform your work life. Or you can get to me via email, which is info at transformyourworklife.com. Um, and obviously the website is transformyourworklife.com. Um, if you do happen to resonate well with what I've been talking about this evening, if you find that you do actually still have a lot of emotional areas of yourself that could be better, that you can sense, you can feel, you know, is actually slowing you down and reducing the amount of power and ability that you have to get on with your mission, to get on with the thing you really want to be doing. Then also, please contact me because it's highly likely that that stuff is going to hold you up for the foreseeable future. And quite frankly, 
I need as many people out there as possible to be doing their best work, to be helping to improve the world, mainly because that's my mission and I can't do this on my own. So I've made it my mission to help others who are also trying to make a difference. Thereby, if I'm, I'm affecting, let's say for instance, I'm helping to free up 10 coaches who then go off to coach 100 people each, great. That's the effect I'm having. So there's, so there's, you know, there's no cost to talking. And I would love to hear your story, particularly if there is that area where you can sense that you've got an emotional blockage or you've got something whereby you get easily overwhelmed by these emotions or you're still struggling or fighting with an emotional pattern. And I can promise you one thing is we will not be going into the history. We won't be talking about where it came from, when it was, and who's involved and so on. Because all of that, to be quite honest, is irrelevant now. I'm sorry if I'm just pouring cold water all over your, your beloved story of how things have become so terrible. But quite frankly, I'm only interested in where you are right now and how we're going to get you from where you are right now to where you want to be going. Everything else that happened up to this point is just what brought you here. So we're only interested in the version of you we've got here. And there's no judgment in terms of what you should or shouldn't have been doing up till now. Because you are here now. The present you. That's what we're interested. That's what I'm in, that's who I'm interested in. How we take the present you and speed up the process to get to the ideal you that you're trying to reach. That's it. So again, you can contact me via Instagram or LinkedIn and uh, the profile name is transform your work life or by email at info at transform So next time round, we are going to be talking about how you can tap into the power of those emotions and then regain that power so that you've got more capacity, more, uh, more capability and more internal space that the emotional baggage I was talking about earlier on. So this is your emotional baggage that you're dragging around with you all the time. Imagine that whenever you've got a spare moment or whenever you have something come up and, and happen, you can open up that baggage. You can take a few pieces out, sort them through, take, put them back and put them where they should belong, somewhere else, not inside the case. So then all of a sudden you've now got more space inside your suitcase to be able to organize things inside of there. Yeah, if you couldn't find your toothbrush or your passport because it's buried deep in the washing, well, you get the washing out and you put that in the washing basket at home. Now you've got more space inside that suitcase to be able to move things around and, and manage things. And what typically tends to happen is when you're able to do that, you're then much more able to sort through your own stuff and you become more and more and more capable at dealing with these patterns and you, you exponentially start increasing gaining more and more power and more and more ability and that's what we're aiming for here so thank you so much for listening and i look forward to speaking with you again next time